Ladies and gentlemen, Real Paranormal Activity is proud to present Terry's Mysterious Moments. Good evening, and welcome to Terry's Mysterious Moments. I want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the program. Now, on with tonight's show. In 2011, a movie was released titled Battle Los Angeles, which entailed an alien invasion in the city of Los Angeles, among other places. Meteor-like objects fell into the ocean off several large coastal cities, and the objects were found to be alien ships. During the ensuing invasion and battle for L.A., many lives are lost, and many become heroes. A method for fighting the aliens is found and implemented, resulting in the withdrawal of the alien invaders as the U.S. military fights its way back into possession of the severely damaged city, just as other countries do the same to retake their invaded areas. Battle Los Angeles was a good movie. I watched it. I, I rather enjoyed it because it was a, a, a good take on an interesting story. But did you know that that storyline was taken from a screenplay by Chris Bertolini based on an actual World War II incident known as the Battle of Los Angeles or the Great Los Angeles Air Raid? The incident took place on the evening of February 24th and the morning of February 25th, 1942, over the city of Los Angeles. But the incident actually begins on the previous evening, February 23rd, just a little ways away in the vicinity of Elwood, California, near Santa Barbara. On that evening, a Japanese submarine, described as the Imperial Japanese Navy submarine I-17, the I-17 displaced 3,654 long tons, which apparently translates to 3,713 regular tons, when submerged and was 365 feet 6 inches long. Now that's longer than a football field including the end zones. That's a big submarine. Her armament included six 20-inch torpedo tubes. She carried 17 torpedoes and she had a 14-centimeter deck gun. She carried 101 officers and men 
and was captained by Commander Kozo Nishino. A naval reserve officer, Nishino had commanded a merchant ship which sailed through the Santa Barbara Channel before the war. His ship had once stopped at the Elwood oil field to take on a cargo of oil. Unfortunately, while walking to a welcoming ceremony, Nishino tripped and fell into a patch of prickly pear cactus. And that does not sound very welcoming to me. Uh, I know what prickly pears can do to you. But this particular place was now below what is Fairway 11 of the Sandpiper Golf Course out there. If any of you live out there, you know what I'm talking about. A group of oil workers saw the Japanese officer having cactus spines pulled from his backside and began to laugh. As a result, Nishino chose the oil field as the target for his deck gun. Most of the damage he inflicted was within 300 meters or 980 feet of the spot he had fallen. It's said that as few as 12 and as many as 25 shells were fired by the Japanese gunners at the Elwood facility. A derrick and a pump house were destroyed and the Elwood Pier and a catwalk suffered minor, very minor damage. Then the submarine ceased fire, buttoned up, and sailed off. While not a very damaging physically attack, it certainly set on edge the nerves of the people in the area. The next night, the itchy trigger fingers of the defenders of the area around Los Angeles were given reason to pull their collective triggers as something caused a panic over LA. The military had issued orders to prepare and to be ready for a possible enemy attack and around 2 a.m. on the morning of the 25th of February, military radar picked up what appeared to be an enemy contact some 120 miles west of LA. Air raid sirens sounded and a citywide blackout was put into effect. Anti-aircraft guns and searchlights began sweeping the skies over LA. Then just after 3 a.m. on the 25th, the shooting started. A report of an unidentified object over LA caused troops in Santa Monica to begin firing a barrage of 50 caliber machine gun and anti-aircraft weapons. It wouldn't take long before many of the city's coastal defense emplacements had joined in the party. Despite more than 1,400 anti-aircraft shells being fired, not counting machine gun rounds, and heavy use of searchlights, not a thing was spotted in the skies over the city but for the burst of AA shells and tracers. A popular photo taken during the height of the festivities show multiple searchlights converging on a single spot in the night sky, and it appears to show a saucer-shaped aircraft in the crossbeams. It was found that the effects necessary to make the photo printable 
caused the saucer-shaped item to appear. After all was said and done, Coastal Artillery Corps Colonel John G. Murphy later wrote, but cold detachment disclosed no planes of any type in the sky, friendly or enemy. Panic and fear are very real things and can have very real effects. Reports from the city describing Japanese aircraft flying in formation, bombs falling, and of Japanese paratroopers landing. It was actually a claim of a Japanese plane crashing in the Hollywood streets. By the light of day, there had been no enemy, no enemy attack, and no enemy damage. Ironically, the only damage caused during the Battle of L.A. was caused by shrapnel raining down across the city, shattering windows and tearing up buildings. One Dutch shell landed on a Long Beach golf course and several residents had their homes damaged by three-inch shells. While no civilian casualties were attributed to the falling projectiles, at least five people were victims of heart attacks and car accidents occurring during the extended blackout. In a sadder note, in a move that would foreshadow the coming Japanese-American internment, some 20 Japanese-Americans were arrested for allegedly trying to signal the non-existing attacking aircraft. In the days following the incident, fingers were pointed everywhere in accusation. Secretary of the Navy Frank Knox dismissed the firefight as jittery nerves. But Secretary of War Henry Stimson used the Army argument that at least 15 planes had buzzed the city in a statement eerily prescient of the 9-11 attacks 60 years later. Secretary Stimson even made a statement that the Phantom Fighters may even have been commercial aircraft operated by enemy agents, hoping to strike fear into the public. Stimson, of course, later backpedaled his claims, but the fact remains thousands of military personnel who claimed to see aircraft over L.A. during the incident. A New York Times editorial said some witnesses spied a big floating object resembling a balloon while others spotted anywhere from one plane to several dozen. Quoting, The more the whole incident of the early morning of February 25th in the Los Angeles district is examined, read the article in the New York Times, the more incredible it becomes. End quote. So the question remains, what caused the shootout over L.A.? The Japanese military insists that it never flew aircraft over the city during the war. This revelation opened the door for many wild claims about what happened, from government conspiracies to visits by flying saucers and ETs. While the Japanese did hatch several schemes to attack the American mainland, 
this was not one of them. It was pretty much simply a case of war nerves given freedom to run wild. It is interesting that the incident took place in the home of the American film industry. These incidents gave birth to at least two separate movies, one a drama, the Battle of Battle LA that I talked about earlier, and one a comedy, 1941, which was loosely based on the Elwood incident. And of course we know that that one starred John Belushi back in the day. Since I was talking about World War II, I'll go along a little further into the war vein and talk about war stories of a mysterious nature. One of the most famous World War II ghost stories concerns the British retreat from Mons. They were heavily outnumbered by the Germans and they suffered an unsustainable casualty rate. So the British units were forced to retreat on the 24th of August. However, during this retreat, a rather remarkable thing is alleged to have happened. Some soldiers claim that a ghostly host descended and blocked the Germans from advancing, covering the retreat of the British. Tired soldiers hallucinating the intervention of a supernatural force? Possibly. But what is remarkable about this story is how embedded it became within the psyche of the common Tommy due to the press speculation about the event and how much it varied when retold. In some accounts, the intervening force was just a spectral cloud. In others, the ghostly figures of St. George and Mounted Knights or Bowmen were seen. That's one story. In one spooky incident during the war, an entire company shared a sighting of their former commanding officer. Having been wounded in an earlier engagement when a grenade blast caused him to lose an arm, the colonel had been evacuated from the battlefield, but died before he could reach a field hospital. The company's senior officers and NCOs all testified, however, that the colonel had come back to them for a period before promptly disappearing. The event was described in the Liverpool Echo, this is the story that was written. The company were at their post when the company sergeant major turned to the company commander. Beg pardon, sir. Here's Colonel blank, what's his name, coming around. I didn't know he was back again. The officer looked up. There, standing with his cap just a little on one side, as he always wore it, stood the colonel. His field boots were caked with mud and an old pair of binoculars were slung around his neck. The company commander was surprised and started to walk towards him when he dropped his stick. He stooped to pick it up and when he straightened up again, the colonel had gone. The officer dived down a communication trench and rushed for company headquarters. Did you see him? He queried breathless. The three subalterns looked up at his question. See whom? Do you mean the colonel? Yes, we saw him, standing still, looking down the trench, just there. We looked at him for fully a minute, and suddenly he was not there. Can't make it out at all, said the spokesman. Thought he was in the Dardanelles, besides. All the men saw him, too. 
And I don't know whether you noticed it or not, but he had both arms. Another case comes from Mons. A private soldier was said to have come face to face with his mother before dying himself. The story goes, two British soldiers who were lying wounded there declare that during the battle they were constantly being confronted by the figure of an old woman in a curious poke bonnet and vivid blue skirt who kept on getting in their line of fire. This figure was also seen by a third soldier who declared it to be his mother. He said, I believe she's come for me. And a moment later, a shrapnel burst almost on top of him and blew him to pieces. There are some that say that the appearance of family members or good friends act as guardian angels for some. And here's a story or two about that. There are many accounts in which the ghostly appearance of loved ones is credited often by the soldiers themselves with saving their lives. Canadian academic Tim Cook uncovered one account of a Canadian soldier who believed he had been saved by the apparition of his mother. He quotes this, le this soldier's letter home, which said, One night, while carrying bombs, I had occasion to take cover when about 20 yards off, I saw you looking toward me, plain as life. Dumbstruck, he crawled nearly to the place where your vision appeared as a German shell slammed into the place he had just left behind. Had it not been for you, I certainly would have been reported missing, he wrote. You'll turn up again, won't you, Mother, next time a shell is coming? Cook also uncovered another account of another Canadian soldier saved by his brother. Wiping away sleep, he looked with amazement at his brother Steve, who had been reported missing in action in 1915. Steve led him through some ruins when he suddenly rounded a corner and disappeared. Settling for sleep in the new location, he dismissed his brother's ghostly appearance as a hallucination. But in the morning, he was stunned to learn that the two other soldiers under the tarp had suffered a direct hit from a high explosive shell and were dismembered beyond all recognition. World War I was a whole new level of destruction, both on a human basis and, a, and on a wholesale destruction basis. Whole cities were leveled. Farmland, which was beautiful and ripe before the war, was left nothing but barren pits in the ground. It is no secret that times of war and battle can create an intense sense of psychic energy. So it's not unusual that there are strange sightings during said combat. There are stories from almost every era of warfare of soldiers and family members appearing to each other in an effort to relate possibly a death, to assure survival, or to say goodbye to one another. These situations sound outlandish at times, but to those to whom they occur, 
they are and were very real. I cannot second guess their personal experiences and I won't even attempt to. Well, that's my stories for this week. I hope you enjoyed them. A little bit of mystery of war. If you have any comments or story ideas or suggestions, please let me know at Terry's Mysterious Moments on Facebook or at Terry's Mysterious Moments at gmail.com. And remember to listen to Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast, on Monday nights. Listen to Aaron's Horror Show on Tuesdays with Aaron Frail. And then, of course, my show on Wednesdays. So thanks again for listening this week. I'll be back next week with some more Mysterious Moments. Have a good week. Bye-bye.